Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. The conversation that we've been having for the last couple of weeks, I think is really critical to the season that we're going into. So we're having conversations surrounding mental health. And it's, I think it's been incredibly helpful for me personally and, and our family, some of the topics that we've covered so far. Uh, the first two weeks ago, we talked about rest. And we all know that around the holidays, the holidays, everything, holidays, we, I'm English. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely not. But we all know around the holidays, things calm down and there's tons of time for rest and relaxation. No. Yeah, it's the opposite, right? That's why, we're, that's why we go crazy, is the holidays are crazy. So two weeks ago, we talked about the importance of rest and just taking a rest. And, and then last week, we talked about restoration. We talked about as far as staying mentally healthy, how important it is to look at the things that may be going on in our thought life and on the inside and talk about how God wants to restore the things that are broken. And it's been incredibly helpful. And I, I believe that if you want, you can always go back and you can check out our podcast and you can get caught up to speed. And tonight, we're talking about something that my wife and I are incredibly passionate about, and that is rhythms. Rhythms, setting a healthy pace. And I think this is a perfect time, especially as the New Year's is on the horizon. We're all gonna be setting our New Year's resolutions what if instead of resolutions, what if we set New Year rhythms? How about that? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some practical ways that we can do that. It's been so timely too for us because I think it's really easy in sermon series and collection of talks to look up here and say, okay, well, you can talk about mental illnesses and all of these things because you don't go through that. You know, sometimes pastors get set up on a pedestal, if you like to say. And actually, this has been really real in our life lately. um, Because many of you have known, because you've walked the journey with us so well um, in the last month. But I lost my dad a month ago. Um, And so to to be able to talk where we're coming from tonight is from a, a genuine and authentic place to say mental health is real yeah, and it's, it's okay deal. for us to say that we're not okay. Yeah, that's right. So we're coming to you tonight from a place of not being okay. That's right. We're coming to you at a place of being very vulnerable and real to say the patterns that you set in your life are going to matter when that season comes and it seems like it wipes your world away. That's right. And good. so Parker's messages the past two weeks have been very timely for me, talking about rest and restoration. Do you guys remember those three W's last week? Worship, word, and the what? Wind. Anybody? Wind. Yeah, there we go, the wind. Um, and that was so, it's so good. And so tonight, talking about going into what does it actually look like to set a rhythm in a space when you don't feel okay. And we can come to you talking from that because something that the Lord's been challenging me lately is how do I hold grief in one hand and purpose in another and move forward? That's right. Is it possible? Yeah. Is it possible to deal with maybe you're dealing with anxiety or depression, maybe relationship struggles, maybe you're dealing with loss, maybe it's a loss of a loved one, maybe a loved one is sick, maybe you're sick. And you're going, man, how do I move forward in purpose right. when I'm dealing with something so heavy on the inside? And we're just going to try to unpack that a little bit for you tonight because we're walking it. 
we're living it out. And I feel like confidently that I can come up here tonight and tell you that I'm not okay, but I'm healthy. That's right. It's good. And you can be not okay and you can be healthy. That's right. In the same breath. And so we're going to unpack Ephesians 5 tonight. So if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we believe that the Word of God is living and active. That's right. I haven't changed my last season. The Lord has. He's met me in a place that only He could meet me. That's good. And so in Ephesians 5, turn with me if you have your Bible. If not, it's going to be on the screen. It says, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And let me tell you something tonight. You're going to get out of this what you put in. So lean in a little tonight. Lean in with us. The Lord is teaching us things through his word because it's living and active. So you join me. We're just going to pray as we open this up. Jesus, we love you. We don't always like your ways. We don't always like your plans. But I know I can stand at a place tonight and say, I trust you. That's right. And you've brought me to that point. You are a faithful God. You are loving. You are all-powerful. You see every single person in the room. You know their thought processing right now. You know their attitude towards you. You know their heart and their mental space. So Jesus, do what only you can do tonight. Meet us where we are. Touch us to the very bone and marrow of our body. Would we leave never the same? We love you, Jesus. We're thankful for what you're doing. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 If you're taking notes with us, the title of the message is Pace Your Race. Pace Your Race. Because we all know that we are all running a race, right? That's what the scripture teaches us. And let's look at a passage of scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, it says, All athletes are disciplined in their training, yet they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So we're talking about Pace your race. And the big theme for the whole conversation for tonight is that you have to identify the season that you're in so that you can set your rhythm. We're all in a season right now. Things going on in our lives. It's important that we take a pause and we identify what season we're in so we can set our rhythm. Does that make sense? Let's talk about that from Scripture for just a little bit. Uh, The first thing that I want us to look at is analyze your life. And it's taken out of verse 15 of the text that we read. It says this, so be careful how you live. Everybody say careful. Careful. Careful Careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And I think it's important for us to consider what does it look like to live wise? To To not be careless, but to be careful with our lives. Uh, Some very practical steps. The first is that I think we need to take a hard stop. You've probably heard it before that the the hardest step towards a healthy habit is the first step. You've probably heard that before. I'm gonna challenge that just a little bit tonight. And I'm gonna say, I actually believe the hardest step is actually the first stop, not the first step. The reason is because I think it's easy for us to take a step in a general direction. I think it's a little harder for us just to say, hey, I'm gonna take a pause, I'm gonna take a stop, and I'm gonna do some deep, an intimate reflection on my life 
as to actually where I am. I'm gonna actually analyze this season of my life. I'm gonna identify this is the season that I'm in. I think it's easy to take that first step and then the second and third and then we kind of look around and just say like, how did I get here, right? I think it's important that we take the hard stop. I love what uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, this is one of my favorite quotes, it's really helped me a lot. He says, decide what's right ahead of time and you'll do what's right at the time. Decide what is right ahead of time and you'll do what's right uh, at the time. How can you decide uh, ahead of time? Well, you take a pause, you take a hard stop, you make some decisions ahead of time so that at the time, hey, I already know. This is what I'm called to do. Uh, There's a, a very tangible expression of this is two people running, okay? You have two people running with very different outcomes. This is true in all areas of life. The first is uh, someone who's training for a marathon. This is a professional athlete, or maybe you've never run anything in your life, but you're gonna sign up for a marathon. What do you do after you sign up for a marathon? You have to put down a plan. So I'm gonna eat, you're like, I didn't, uh, but uh, for real, I'm the worst at this. Like my last 10K, I signed up for it, and I was just like, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna make a plan, everything, and then it just sneaks up on you, okay? There's a lot of grace there. But the good, the good athletes plan ahead really well. They sign up for that thing, they take a pause, and they say, okay, I'm gonna Google like running plans for a 10K, and they print it off, and they, they run according to the plan. They diet according to the plan. So as you get closer to your run, you know there are days where you don't run, because it's in the plan, and that's what's best for your race. They took a pause, they analyzed, they made a plan, and that's what's best. And when you see somebody who has made a plan run a 10K or run a marathon, what is it? It's beautiful. They're not nervous going into the day because they're sticking to the plan. They wake up right when their plan said to. They're hydrated just like the plan said to. They go out, they're focused just like they knew that they would be, and they run the pace. They're looking at their watch every mile like, I'm a half a second behind my pace. They have a plan, they have a direction. Now, Someone else running with much different experience is somebody running from danger. Has anybody ever run from danger before? Maybe you were chased by a mountain lion, a wild dog. Uh, I remember an instance uh, whenever I was, I took a trip to Brooklyn, this was in college, and I was, took a trip by myself there. I was a little bit of a hippie then. I had a a blue bandana on and, you know, a backpack. With, it was, anyways, it was, I was sleeping outside. I just, I wanted to know what it was like to live outside in Brooklyn, you know? Why? I don't know. This is who I was and uh, still am. But anyway, uh, I wanted to know what it was like. So I found myself in Manhattan. I walked across the Brooklyn Bridge and I found myself in what might have been not the best part of the town for me to be in, in Brooklyn with a blue bandana on. And I don't know, at the time I was very, you know, I was a homeschool kid. I didn't know about blue and bland bandanas and red bandanas, you know. I, I lived on, this is new to me. I didn't find this out till later why they might have been chasing me. But anyways, I, I stopped to the corner and I asked these guys that, they looked nice, you know. I saw the best in people. And uh, I asked them for some directions and they tried to tell me where to go. But then they were like, hey, uh, we're gonna go with you. And I was like, why do you wanna walk with me? Like, I'm perfectly fine. And they're like, no, we got you. And I'm like, no, you don't. 
and I took off like a crazy person, okay? When you're running from danger, okay, it's different from somebody running with a marathon that looks beautiful, they have a stride. When you're running from danger, you look like a complete idiot. All inhibitions to the wind, you're throwing your arms around, you're screaming for help, you're dropping backpacks and everything because it's survival. Like, I just wanted to make it to the other side to see my 23rd birthday, you know? I didn't really care about anything else in those moments. All inhibitions gone. I feel like this is how many of us live our life. We're either proactive or we're reactive. And as it relates to our rhythm, I, I think most of us are the latter, is that instead of us like setting a rhythm where we're proactive with our time and our energy and resources, we're reactive. And if we're being honest from a mental health perspective, we're all a little bit in survival mode. Since we didn't take a pause on the front end, had I taken a pause on the front end before this New York City trip, I would have charted out a little different path. But I didn't. I was living a little bit carelessly. But the scripture says to what? Be careful. Pay attention. So I think the same is true when I think about a sailor. You know, a sailor, and it talks about don't be like a fool, use wisdom. I think about a sailor who is uh, about to cast off to go across the ocean. A fool would get in a boat and push off and say, God, send the wind. Why would God send the wind when you haven't charted a course, when you haven't set the rudder, when you haven't set the sail? If anything, no wind is the best thing that God could do. But I think so many, so oftentimes, so many of us are, are living our life foolishly instead of wise, like with wisdom, because we're saying like, God, why aren't you breathing on this and blessing me? And God's like, because well, if, if I did, it would be going in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, you need, to, you need to make a plan. Take a pause, analyze your life, and, and use wisdom. And where do we know the best wisdom comes from? God. He says, he says if anyone lacks wisdom, you should, you should read more books. No. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask your friends. No. All there, there is wise, there is good counsel. Uh, with good people, but that's not what he says. What does he say? If anyone lacks wisdom, do what? Ask me. And what does he say? I will give it generously. He's a generous God. He wants to give us generous wisdom so that we can pause and make wise decisions moving forward. Uh, the second thing, if you're taking notes, is maximize your present. Analyze your life and then maximize your present. Verse 16 says, make the most. Everybody say most. A little more, most. most, and make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, I think many of us read this text a little different than it's actually written. We hear make the most, and, and we do, and, and we translate that in our lives to do the most. So it's like, okay, make the most of my life. I examine my life, I should be doing more. Ah, that's, it's not saying do more. It's not even saying do what others expect of you. Do the level that you expect for yourself. But it says make the most of every opportunity. And what does he say? In these evil days. I think some of us set a pace from what other, other expectations that other people have in our life. And I don't believe that's maximizing and making the most of the opportunities that God has given us. If somebody speaks a future over your life or sets certain expectations, and we just work hard to meet those expectations, I feel like we're all gonna feel like failures 
all of the time. But that's not what God is calling us to here. He's talking about making the most of the opportunities that he has given us. The first part of this that I wanna unpack for just a few minutes is this idea of uh, identifying the season that you're in. And no, I, my wife does this, an exceptional job of this. Yeah, I was thinking as he was talking about making the most out of every opportunity, how many times do we look at the season that we're in not as an opportunity? True, true. And so you're looking at truly like the only the only opportunity that you look at that you can make the most out of is when things are going really good. That's true. Not the seasons that are really hard. Not the seasons that you're depressed or anxious or you just got to downgrade on your job or work or whatever that looks like for you. When you've dealt with loss, hmm. you don't look at God and say, oh, wow, thanks for this opportunity that I can make the most out of this, true. right? True. Like, that's not normal. But that's what he's calling us to. That's right. And so when we look at Ecclesiastes 3, I'm just going to read this passage because God actually speaks to seasons here. That's right. As we're unpacking it. And he says, there's an occasion for everything. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. Mm. Who would have thought? A time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Jesus tells us there's seasons. That's right. He calls it out. He calls it out that you're going to mourn, you're going to laugh, there's going to be seasons of war, turmoil. All of these seasons are going to come, so are we going to look at them as opportunities to make the most out of the opportunity God has given us? Or do we run from it and say, man, I'm just going through a hard season right now. That's right. Man, I'm just busy right now. That's right. You don't really know where I'm at right now. Yeah, I I get it. It's not easy. It takes intentionality. It's very hard, but God calls us to it. So if we actually want to maximize our time then I think what that looks like is looking at our opportunities with purpose. That's right. I truly believe that wherever you're at, whatever season you're in right now, God can take it and give you purpose in it. That's right. He can maximize where you are right now. That's very counterculture, right? Yeah. It's very counterculture to say you can be used in the hard. It's very, it's very cultural to say, oh, give yourself grace in this season. Sit on the couch. Hide under the covers. Your, season, your, ne- your good season's coming. The mountaintop's coming. That's, that's right. that's Instead good. of looking at it and saying, man, this is an opportunity for growth. Yeah, this right. is an opportunity for me to feel empowered. In my weakness, he is made strong. Amen, that's right. Not in your strength. In your that's weakness, he is one. made strong. Amen, that's good. So where are you mentally and physically right now? 
I mean, we're gonna unpack that. We're gonna unpack what it looks like to actually set rhythms, not in your healthy season. That's easy. Am I right? Yeah. It's easy to set the rhythms in the healthy seasons. But what happens when life is thrown at you, purpose is thrown at you, God puts something in your hand that you can't manage on your own. That's right. What happens in those seasons? I mean, God wants to say, I want to build you up. I want you to set a rhythm and a pace that's sustainable, that's healthy. Because like I said earlier, it's okay not to be okay, but you can also be healthy in it. That's right. And so we want to we walk that out to say, like, how can we be healthy in this season? That's right. And as we were working through this, Jess has some pretty amazing questions that I want to ask that may just spark something in you to help you identify your seasons. And the first is, how is your mental space right now? Have you been restless? Have there been many sleepless nights? Have you experienced loss lately? Maybe death, maybe the loss of a friend, a spouse, divorce or breakup. How are your finances? This one, uh, this one is a struggle for most. Uh, this is a trigger for most. Are your finances good right now or are they struggling right now? Uh, maybe this is something that I know connects with a lot of people. Maybe you're in the Beginning stages of starting something new, uh, a new relationship, a new business, a new workout plan. Well, that, that's a good indicator that there's a change of season on the horizon. Uh, these are just questions to help spark some thoughts in your mind of, you know, maybe I am in a different season than I was a week ago. Maybe I am in a different season than I was a month ago. Uh, my wife and I, we experienced this recently where I, I looked at her and I said, hey, and, you know, life can get away from you, and, and that happens. But I looked at her and I said, hey, I think we're in a new season. We just experienced loss. I, a couple months ago, I experienced a little bit of mental unhealthiness, to say the least. I was having some panic attacks. It was kind of very anti-my normal. And, and so we looked at each other and we said, hey, I think there's a different rhythm coming up in a different season. And so I don't just want you to consider, where are you on that? We want you to maximize uh, the opportunity. Yeah, and I think too, like it's easy to just pound through those seasons. True. Right? It's easy to just kind of put your head down and do the grind and do the next thing and completely be aware of what's actually happening. That's right. There's so many distractions in our world these days that you can easily bring up your phone, turn on the television, go to the mall, call your friends, do the next activity, and never really realize where you are. That's right. And the first step of this is really understanding and really understanding where your mind and heart is. I've had to do that in the season, like Parker said, for him. We've had to do this amidst loss to say, okay, we got to reconnect how, do, how are we going to actually run and pace ourselves on this race? Because it's a race. It's a long game. It's not an instant fix. And so, yeah, that, that was really great. You know, and uh, our heart is always to take what the Scripture has to say and, and, to, and to present it but, and also to make it extremely practical for you. Because the reality is we can read this all day long and we say, okay, we're going to be careful. We're going to use wisdom. I want to maximize every opportunity. And then... We could speak to your Sunday and you could leave inspired, but then Monday comes around and you're like, okay, what do I do now? So I wanna speak to your Monday for just a second. I believe there are three tactical ways that we can set a rhythm. So after we identify our season, what are some things that have changed in this season that maybe weren't in the next? I think it's important to set a pace 
set a rhythm, just like we talked about with the marathon runner. There are three things that I want to talk about real quick. The first is time, energy, and intimacy. Time, energy, and intimacy. One of those things you cannot do anything about. Time. We all get the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. And we don't all use that same 24 hours efficiently. <laughs> we don't always make those 24 hours productive, if we're being honest. And for many of us, those 24 hours are quite exhausting and stressful. So I wanna talk about budgeting your time, the same time that we all get. And when, we, when you think about budgeting, it's easy for us to budget our money. You're like, talk for you, speak for yourself. I've never budgeted the time. Okay, you should start, let's start with your money. Okay, let's budget your money. We can get help for that. Uh, but we talk about budgeting our money and, and we have classes around that but then we kind of just skim over this idea of budgeting your time. Which is more valuable, money or time? See, this is a tricky one. Y'all are like, dang, I don't know. Because like, like, if I ain't got no dough, I'm, I'm hurting here. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Take me now. No, time, team, time. Which is more important, money or time? Time. time. <laughs> Thank you. Come on. Rich people buy things. Wealthy people buy time. Time is our most valuable commodity, but we don't budget it well. Let's, talk, let's look at this graph. I think this graph is really insightful. This is how we spend a lifetime. If you live to be 78, which I'm praying it's 100, okay? 110. But if you live to be 78, this is where you're gonna spend your time. 28.3 years sleeping. Unless you're a mom. Okay, that's your mom. Okay, that's true. That is very Playlist. true. Looks a little different. 23 years sleeping. That's insane. That's, that's a third of your life. It's pretty intense. Ten and a half years working, nine years, uh, this one stressed me out a little bit. Nine years, TV, video games, and social networking. Nine years of your life. Wow. Feel the weight of that. You're like, what'd you do with your life? I was on Instagram. For nine years? <laughs> Come on! I was thinking that we would pull out our phones and go to the settings, no. go to screen time, reveal your true colors. It's intense, man. I did that, I did that today. And I saw how much I was on my screen. It is not comforting, just to say the least. On average, the average American spends four hours a day looking at their screen. Is this maximizing the opportunities that God has put before us? And I think it's like important Woo. to recognize, we were talking about this earlier, as far as, do you ever look back on those four hours and you think, wow, I got so wow. much out of that four hours. <laughs> do you ever leave feeling good about yourself? No. No, uh, like, no. Like you just ate a whole thing of popcorn at the theater. That's how you feel. I'm sorry, I'm not funny. No, you're good. <laughs> no, you're right. You don't. No, you don't. And the reality is many of these things you don't feel really productive or efficient in after you're done with. It's true. But this is what's interesting. Okay, if you, 78 years, nine years, you get to choose whatever with your time. Whatever. I think that's really important. This is just a general graph of how we spend our time. But how are you budgeting your life? How you, what your graph is gonna look like determines what your day looks like tomorrow. So if you're not budgeting your time well and you just let the day happen and you're reactive instead of proactive with your time, 
this is gonna be your life. This is the average person. But if you make some decisions, some wise decisions to say, God, I wanna maximize my life. I wanna maximize every moment that you've given me for your glory. I I wanna follow the path that you have for me. Then it takes some intentionality to pause and to seek the Lord and to actually budget your days. What does that look like? Very, very practical here. Write it down. Write it down. You're not gonna budget your time if it's not written down. If I were to walk up to you and say, like, let's talk about your finances. Like, like where's your money going? And you're like, no, I got it all right here. Wrong, okay? That's not how budgeting works. No, if you're a good at setting a budget with your finances as far as I pay this much to rent, this much to gas, this much for food, well then, if I were to ask you, you'd say, I have exactly $3.27 at the end of every month. That's my budget. Well, but we don't do that with our time. Sit down and write down your time, minute by minute. You're like, that's crazy. Only crazy OCD people do that. Well, that may be true, but you should do it too. It'll help you, I promise. What I've done is every, I do this every year. I've been doing this for three years now. At the beginning of the year, I write out in my notes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I start at 6 a.m. and I jot out every day to 9 p.m., every, every hour, exactly what I'm gonna be doing. And you know what is insightful every time we do this? I notice I haven't budgeted working out. I don't, I don't have enough time budgeted to spend time with my kids. Or when are we gonna go on a vacation? You start to see holes in your life of things that you really value where you're like, no, I don't wanna live that life. My, my budget is off. And then you get to make some adjustments. And then the last thing is, well, make adjustments is the second thing. And then the last thing is be disciplined to stick to your plan. How can you do that? Take the thing that you wrote down, put it in your calendar, Put notifications on it and stick to your plan. You know what is the most important thing that you you add in there when you're budgeting your time? Time with the Lord. That's that's a gap that you'll notice may be missing in your rhythm right now. Uh, The next uh, is energy. I I just want you to write this down. I think this will help you. Just because it's doable does not mean it's sustainable. But man, I'm, I'm doing good right now. You may be doing good now, you might not be doing good tomorrow. Just because it's doable does not mean it's sustainable. This is an energy problem. Time, finite, you can't change that. Energy, now that could adjust depending on how you budget your time. I want you to uh, take a test this week, a self-awareness test. If you're not a journaler, it's okay, just use your phone, jot it down. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a note after you've budgeted everything that you do, and I want you to put anywhere between a negative two and a plus two onto the things that drain you in your time budgeted and the things that sustain you. What are the things that just deplete me? What are the things that refresh me? This is an energy conversation here. You're like, what does this have to do with making the most opportunity? Well, if your rhythm is you're doing everything that drains you every single day, then I just am trying to help you right now and just say, let's set some things in there that may refresh you and give you life. I speak from experience. A couple months ago, this is one of the reasons why I felt like I was having panic attacks. I was going week after week after week doing things that drained me. And I remember my wife kind of called me out on it and we had a conversation and she was just like, I noticed you haven't been climbing a lot lately. I noticed you haven't been going on runs lately. And What happened, I wasn't budgeting my time really well. And so I was only doing the things that drained me and not the things that refresh and sustain me. And I realized that 
unfortunately, I was trying to take control, more control of my life than really is what is healthy. And I think that's where many of us are at today. One thing that actually helped me, brought my golf club with me today. Uh, oh, hold on. I mean, I'm gonna pull out the Big Bertha today. Did you know there's a club actually called the Big Bertha? Think I got room to swing this thing? God was trying to teach me something. Man, there's a lot of really expensive stuff around me right now. <laughs> this, could, <laughs> this could end up costing a lot of money. All right, so uh, I feel like God was calling me to pull away for a little bit, kind of ref- do something that was refreshing to me. And for me personally, one of the things that is really refreshing is golf. You may find that really hard to believe because how many of you in here golf stresses you out? How, how many of you could just care less about golf in general? Okay, who here loves golf? At least one per. okay, come on, at least somebody in the house. All right, so something that's very interesting about golf, and this is what I feel like, while I was out there putting and chipping, because that's all I could afford, uh, couldn't actually afford to play, you're like, man, how's he, how's he out there playing golf every day? I wasn't, I was just putting and chipping. That's free, just in case you didn't know. Uh, two things that I feel like God was teaching me. The first thing is, uh, I walked up and I started hitting and a principle in golf is soft hands. You know about this? Is that most people, when they start playing golf, they grip the handle really, really tight. And you know what happens when you grip a golf club really tight? You hold on to it too long and you end up slicing it every time. But a principle, a principle in golf is to actually use soft hands. They actually say, if you've ever seen professional athletes hold a golf club, it's actually slipped out of their hands many times before. Why? Because you've got to hold it just soft. Why? Because you want the club to do the work. <laughs> I didn't know you were there. Sorry, this is the only space I got, babe. So one, the first principle that God was trying to teach me is, is that uh, too often times, when we're trying to maximize the opportunities that God's given before us is, we try to maximize it in our own effort. And we grip, and we grip our circumstances, we grip, grip life too tight. But what God was teaching me is he says, loosen up your grip. Trust me, trust the club to do the work. The second thing is rhythm. So in golf, there's a thing called a, t- a tempo. And if, woo, that feels good. Just, you just want, just, just, oh, boom, baby. I feel like Happy Gilmore up here. So it's tempo. Most people, when you're early on learning golf, you pull it back and what happens is you use your arms to swing. That's a bad rhythm. That's a bad tempo. Why? Because your arms are doing the work, not the club. But in golf, if you hold it softly and rotate properly, you'll actually see the club bend all the way through And on the release, it launches the ball three times, sometimes four, four times further than you could have ever launched it in your own effort. And the principle that I feel like God was trying to tell me is that your rhythm is off. Your tempo is off. You're trusting your strength, your effort, your control, you're trying to control everything too tight. When if you would trust me and the plan that I have for you, then you'll see you'll go so much further than you would have in your own effort. 
Now, Jeremiah says that man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. And I think we do half of the process. When we're wanting to maximize the impact that we have into this world, we say, okay, God, we'll, we'll make a plan, but then we miss the second and most important part where it's God who directs our steps. It's that God who gives the increase, not in our effort. You're like, how does that work? It kind of seems like we have a responsibility, but it's really, truly God that brings about the result. It's true. Do I know how that works totally? No. But I do know that God has called us to the responsibility to make a plan. And when I think of like the rhythms element that we're talking about, it's kind of twofold, right? Like sometimes your mental state is a direct result of your rhythm. That's right. And sometimes we need to actually identify a rhythm and say, okay, is this causing me to be in the mental state that I'm in? True. And then sometimes it's opposite. Maybe there's been a trigger like a loss or anxiety that's been triggered not from your rhythm that then you need to back up and say, okay, now I need to set a new rhythm. We're not saying go 100% full speed in a rhythm and creating all these right things around you, going the same pace that you were that's right. when something has come and wiped out, wiped that's you right. out. That's good. Right, so we're saying create a new rhythm based on where you are. So for me, that's looked like my capacity has completely decreased. My mental capacity, my physical capacity, my sleep has increased, or I've tried actually, but I have kids, that's a problem. So I've wanted to sleep more. So there's certain things that in my life have shifted over the last month because of my circumstances. And so therefore I've had to stop and readjust based on that. So I think it's twofold. When he was talking about the golfing, yeah, I'm like, sure. you know, sometimes, some people in the room tonight are where you are mentally and physically because your rhythm has been going too fast, too long. And so talking about those things to maximize your time and your space, thinking through what does it look like to have intimacy with the right people around me? That's right. So for sure, time is important and energy is important and where you're pouring that, but also intimacy. So maybe you've been surrounding yourself with people 24-7. That's your life. You live in that. But, it, but in this season, that may not be healthy for you. Yeah. Maybe the people that have gotten you to this point in your previous seasons aren't going to be the people that take you to That's your good. next season. That's right. That's good. And you're not like, you know any, many, money mowing your friends, right? But you're basically stopping and saying, who are the people around me right now that are gonna be life-giving? That's right. Yeah, maybe it seems selfish, but Jesus surrounded himself with 12 men consistently, and he walked with them. That's right. So who are those people around you? Who are those people around you in that season? Don't do it alone. It's gonna feel like you wanna do that. Everything in you is gonna wanna feel like you wanna isolate but man, if the enemy can isolate you, he can influence you. That's right. It's good. So don't isolate yourself. Put yourself, continue to put yourself around the right people. But most important, like Parker said it before, is don't forsake the Lord in your season. That's right. It's good. And he's always the first to go. Am I right? Yeah. He's always the first to go. It took me a minute to come back to the Lord, like a week, which was a minute for me. But it took me a minute to come to the Lord after my dad, I lost my dad and say, okay, I don't understand your ways. I mean, I prayed for this miracle. I believed in the miracle. We all believed in the miracle. That's right. And to walk away and say, man, God still did it, but he did it his way, that was hard. That's right. 
And I was walking that journey with my son this week. He's eight. So he's right at that line of, of understanding what's going on right now. And he called me from school because I always tell my kids, if you're having a hard day, just call me. So there's like a parenting note. Just be available to your kids. Um, and so he called me this week and he said, um, I'm just really struggling with Papa and I'm really mad at God. And I said, okay, that's great. Like, and y'all are like, what, 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 can we do that? Yes. And I told him, I said, it's so great that one, you can name your emotion and two, name your emotion and then take it to the Lord. That's right. That's he good. already knows what you feel. Oh yeah. Like you can't hide your emotion if you're sitting there angry at God tonight or frustrated at your mental space wherever you are tonight or your season or your situation, not looking at it as an opportunity, but really an opportunity to be angry at God because he didn't do what you wanted him to do in your life. But taking that emotion and saying, man, I'm going to take it to the Lord. I'm going to say that he's a safe place for me to take that and then see what Jesus does in that moment. So don't for your, your intimacy with the Lord may look different in this season. Your intimacy may just look like Jesus help. That's right. (laughs) That's me a lot. (laughs) Cleaning my dishes, send help. Jesus send help now. I need help. And he hears you. He knows you. He just wants to know that you're going to come to him. He's always there. And what's so amazing about him in the journey of healing wherever you are is that Jesus will go on that journey of healing with you if you just go to him. Like you're not going to be able to experience and taste and see his kindness and his faithfulness and his goodness to you if you never go to him. That's right. So take all that emotion to him, your mess and all, just cast it at his feet, lay it at his feet, and let him do the work. It's not in your it's not in your hands. So so first, don't forsake the Lord. Amen. Second, don't forsake your people. That's right. Crew plug. Get in a crew. Amen. Do life with people. (laughs) Best you is found in a crew. We believe that. Those are people that are going to walk the journey with you. They're not going to leave you. That's right. They're going to lean in. Man, people have leaned into us. Man, we've never been a part of a community like this that have leaned into our heart and grief like they have the last month. It's been amazing. That's right. And you don't want to do this alone. So get the right people around you that you know it's going to matter when the rubber meets the road. It's good. Thank you. Uh, Jess does this extremely well. Uh, So I'm super grateful that you're sharing with us tonight. Uh, The final thing to consider is to prioritize your values. Scripture says this in verse 17. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand. Everybody say understand. 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 Okay, what the Lord wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly. Uh, I want you to consider this. What are your motives behind the rhythm that you set? I think it's important that we examine if we're gonna set a, a rhythm for a new season coming up. What are your motives behind how you budget your energy? What are your motives behind how you budget your intimacy and the things that you wanna be remembered for one day? What's your motive behind that? And I believe that for many of the, for many of the decisions that we make, there's a selfish motive and a selfless motive. There's a motive that brings glory to us. There's a motive that brings glory to God. And some of those decisions that we make are a little harder to understand because you're saying, I'm doing this for my health. I'm doing this for my relationships or whatever the case may be. And so because I understand that, it's kind of challenging sometimes to know, man, how do I prioritize my rhythm? I want to give you four uh, questions to ask that'll probably, I believe that they'll help you. And this is by Jerry Bridges. It says, is it helpful? Is it helpful spiritually, physically, and mentally? Is it 
helpful? Look at your, look at your budget, your time, and say, is it helpful? Or do I need to get it out of my life? Does it bring me under its power? This is a tricky one because this is where something could be good for your life, but if it brings you under its power, it could be very negative for your life. Does that make sense? Get really practical. If that's working out, you're saying if it brings me under its power, well, then you may need, need to set a different rhythm in this next season that, that helps. Like if it becomes your life, it's probably too much. But if you could do it in a healthy way where you stay healthy and you're achieving the goals, great. Well, that's just one of the things. I'm, there's many, many, many different things that could be good, but maybe in this season it's not. It's possible to be doing the right thing in the wrong season. I'll say it again. It's possible to be doing the right thing in the wrong season. Does it bring me under its power? Number three, does it hurt others? Does it hurt others? First Corinthians 8, 12. And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something they don't believe is wrong, you're sinning against Christ. So maybe something that you believe is okay if it's, helping, if it's causing other people to sin and other people to stumble. In this season, it may not be okay. Is it hurtful towards others? And finally, does it glorify God? First Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I hope these questions are helpful for you as, as you take a pause in your life and you analyze your life because you wanna maximize the impact that you have here on this earth. And I want us to get serious about prioritizing our values, setting personal values and saying, does my budget that I've lined up for this new season of life, does it match my values? And if no, I'm gonna make some adjustments because I don't want my life to be the average life. I want my life to be a supernatural life. I want nine years to be that I served others <laughs> instead of watch television, you know? I want four years of my life to be that I spent time in the Word and in prayer, not doing chores or living for myself. I wanna live a different kind of legacy. That nine extra years that we have, boom, it's already God's. Send me, use me. And I hope, that, I hope that's your story too. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.